1: Welcome to Thrive Radio. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Denise Bittler. She's a career coach that has 30 years of experience in HR and extensive experience in resume writing and interview preparation and has conducted thousands of corporate interviews. She brings a unique perspective to your job hunt. She knows what recruiters are looking for and can help you get noticed and make a great impression. Welcome to the show, Denise Thank you so
0: much. I'm I'm so happy to be joining you.
1: So, your career started out in HR. How did you end up as a career coach?
0: (laughs) So, uh, I think I have my sons to, to thank for that. I have now 24 year old twins. When they started college, one of them especially had his first career fair and he didn't have a resume or anything like that. So, We worked on his resume, really put together a great resume, put together a great elevator pitch. And he actually came up with the idea, he's a programmer. So he came up with the idea of creating a two person game, loading it on his GitHub account. And he created business cards to go with his resume that had all of his information and it had instructions on this game he created. We built that into his elevator pitch. He did wonderful, uh, was asked to interview with a number of places. And that's when he went into panic mode because he had never really interviewed before. So took him through, did probably about six hours of mock interviews, made him cry at one point. which I consider a success when you're, when you're mock interviewing, he did so well. The interviewer actually commented that he had never interviewed a freshman in college that was more prepared than he was. So uh, he ended up getting the internship. He then told other people and... I started getting calls. I was part of a Facebook group uh, for parents of students at RIT. And then I heard from a number of them. My son said, you did this for yours," So I started doing it. I was working full-time still in HR. So this was a side business. Uh, word kind of spread. And that's really how that started. It was a lot of word of mouth. So I was doing it for about five years while I was working full-time. And then last year, July of 2020, I decided I love it. I'm good at it. I'm going to make a career out of it. So I left corporate, started my own consulting business, Resume Interview Success LLC, and here I am.
1: (laughs) Wow. What an amazing story, especially being able to impact your own kids And then seeing them succeed at it and having that word of mouth. I think so many people struggle with that initially and that you have that, that your performance has led really success in your career. I think that's amazing. Thank you. As a career coach, what are some of the unique things that you focus on in the process?
0: So the first piece is really making sure that the clients have a, a realistic understanding of their skill set, their qualifications, the job requirements. I've had clients come to me and say, "Yes, I want XYZ position." And I say, "Okay, well what are you doing now? What have you they have no skills <laughs> for it. They really haven't looked at job postings to see what the key skills are. They haven't looked to see what the minimum requirements are. You know, so that's that's the first piece is making sure that they are being realistic in what they're looking for. Because I can create a great resume, but if you don't have the skill set and you can't speak to your experience, it's not going to matter. The next thing, and this is one of the pieces that really makes me unique from other resume writers, career coaches, most resume writers, they They're wonderful, especially if they're certified. They work with their clients, they do intakes, really get great information and build wonderful resumes, which is great. The problem is that we're always telling our clients, you should never submit the same resume to more than one job. You should always customize the resume for the job, but nobody teaches them how to do that. So part of my service it, when I do a resume service for a client, do all of that, do the intake, do really work together to come up with a great branded resume that sells their value proposition, shows their accomplishments. And then the next step is we take the job posting that they're most interested in. I'll go through the job posting, put it in Word, highlight all the keywords and phrases. I will then customize their resume and I track the changes to incorporate those keywords and phrases, send it to the client. We then have another conversation and I go through, why is this a keyword? Why was this important? Why did I build this in this way? So I'm really teaching them how to customize and maintain their resume. And then for the next two jobs that they apply to, they can, again, put the job posting in Word, highlight the keywords and phrases, customize the resume, tracking the changes and send it to me and I'll review it for them. So I like to say that my whole piece there is, you know, do, teach, try (laughs) is really what it comes down to. You know, I do the personalized interview coaching and really teach them how to network both before and after applying for a job.
1: Yeah, that's really important too. I think it's very easy just to try and focus on the job boards, right? And not network.
0: Exactly. And, you know, people will spend so much time and possibly money creating this great resume. And then they don't put the time or the effort in to preparing for interviews. So, you know, you can have the best resume, but if you haven't prepped for an interview, you're not going to get the job. You have to be able to to know how to prep, know how to handle behavioral interview questions, know everything you can about the position, the company, the industry, the the company's competitors. Just all those pieces are really critical. So it's not just a resume or not just a cover letter or not just a LinkedIn profile. It's got to be the whole package, including really preparing for the interviews. So my tagline (laughs) on all of my things is a great resume gets you interviewed. A great interview gets you hired. So it's got to be that whole package.
1: So how do you think our mindset and the struggle to believe in ourselves keeps us from applying for our dream job? Well,
0: I'm sure you've probably heard the phrase imposter syndrome. It's basically where an individual doubts their skills, their talents, their accomplishments. They just have this internal fear that they don't belong somewhere. It can happen when they're interviewing for a job. It can happen when somebody's in a job. If they don't have the self-confidence in their skills, in their abilities, accomplishments, they can be faced with this imposter syndrome. And it can be debilitating. Good career coaches can help someone through this, help them really reframe their thought process, reframe how they see themselves, reframe what they perceive others are seeing when they see them. So again, I think probably of all of the issues or all of the struggles, that is probably one of the biggest ones that people face because it can trickle down into so many other different areas. Another reason I think why they struggle is they don't do the research on the position or the company. And and this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how some clients come in and they have very unrealistic views of either what a job entails or what their skills really are. Maybe they, they think they're better at certain things than they really are. Or again, to this imposter syndrome, even though they've accomplished all of these things, they don't have the confidence that they can really do this. So again, it's really looking at the position, looking at the company and comparing what you've accomplished to what's being asked. And unfortunately this is becoming an even bigger issue is comparing themselves to others. Uh, You know, it used to be, I'm going to age myself here back in the day (laughs) before social media and the internet, you didn't really face the comparing yourself to others as readily as you do today. It might be, you know, you earn a job, you might compare yourself to coworkers or now with social media and everything, people are comparing themselves to others, but they're not realizing that what they're looking at is not reality in a lot of cases. Nobody puts the bad stuff. Everybody puts the, the you know, my life is wonderful and, you know, I just did this. And so it can foster envy, it can foster depression, self-doubt. There was actually just a Pew research study that said 71% of people who use social media say that content they see makes them angry. say it causes them depression and 31% causes loneliness. So, you know, if you're not confident in yourself, how do you compete with this? So, I always tell my clients, shut it off, don't look at it, and then take it with a grain of salt because I would guess 50 to 75% of what you're seeing, especially when it's wonderful, is not exactly accurate
1: you know this past year i discovered some of the apps that the younger generation used that to like change their entire bodies and their face mm-hmm. and i was amazed at yeah. how amazing you can make yourself look.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm waiting for that one that takes off 50 pounds and gets rid of all the wrinkles and <laughs>
1: Well, I think that one of them actually kind of does that. So, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm like to your yeah. point that really the reality out there that, and I think that I even heard somebody say once that from a, a plastic surgeon, they even, they're saying that now that the biggest request they get is for young pe- people to go in and ask that they want to look like their, their Instagram. <laughs> Because they use so many filters to change the reality. Right. So to your point, there, it really is not, you're really not dealing with reality.
0: It's, no,
1: it, It's so easy just to make things up, you know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, well, and, as,
0: and as a job seeker, your LinkedIn profile picture better look like you. Okay. So, because if you're using the lovely Instagram pictures that you've put fifty filters on and using that as your LinkedIn profile. And then you walk into an interview, they're not even going to know who you are. It, It doesn't look like you, your real you versus your Instagram you. And right there, you are instilling distrust with that potential employer. So right off the bat, you're starting off with one strike against you. So, and that's why we always tell clients, like some clients, especially older clients, will put older pictures up because they don't want to face ageism which i understand because it is a real a real thing but you put a picture that shows you when you're 30 and you walk into the interview and you've got gray hair again it's that distrust thing one of the things just a little tip tip and trick is for, you know if you're older black and white pictures good lighting black and white pictures slightly turned and it will make you look younger, but not inappropriately younger.
1: <laughs> yeah, so. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Light, the lighting and everything makes a difference.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: You help people with their personal brand as well. So what is a personal brand for an individual that's applying for jobs? And why is that important?
0: All right, so a personal brand, is it's basically a perception or an impression of you. And it's based on... Uh, what you're sharing from your experience, your expertise, competencies, uh, actions. And it's it can be what you're sharing on LinkedIn or Facebook, again, showing my age, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. What people don't realize is that recruiters are looking at social media. There was just a statistic, I read a statistic, 98% of employers do background research and that will include their online presence. 72% of HR professionals said, obviously a resume is important, but 79% of those same HR people said that they have rejected a candidate based on their social media content. So especially for the younger people, they've got to realize that everything that they're putting out there defines their personal brand. They can create this great personal brand image on LinkedIn and it can be consistent and it looks great and it it's professional. And then they've got half naked drunk TikTok videos. And so again, it's, It has to be consistent across all the platforms. You can't have it professional on LinkedIn and then inappropriate or, you know, a little crazy, whatever on the other ones. So again, the, with the personal brand, it's what you want people to see when they, they speak to you, when they look at you, when they look at your profiles, when they look at your activity, once you've identified that personal brand that you want to put out there, you want to be active on LinkedIn. You want to make sure that the posts that you're doing all speak to your personal brand. If you want to be known as the, the authority in XYZ uh, discipline, you make sure that you're posting about that. You make sure that you're connecting with people in those industries and things like that. Another great way to really get your personal brand across is by building a personal website. So depending upon what types of jobs you're looking for, it could just be a personal website that maybe has kind of a, your personal story of how you got where you are, what's important to you. What are you passionate about? You can include your resume on there. You know, you can talk about your value proposition. So even if you are not in the creative field or programming fields and things, you can still do a personal website that gets your personality across, gets your personal brand across. So people say, well, how do I figure out what my personal brand is? There's some questions you can ask yourself, like what, what makes you feel good about yourself? What is it that you like about yourself? Is it how you interact with other people? Is it, you know, your dedication to your job? Is it, so identify those things that really make you feel good about yourself. What are your values? What's important to you? I had a client that would not work for a company if they did not have really impactful sustainability initiatives. That was just something that was a make or break for her. So if there are things that are important to you from a philanthropic standpoint or sustainability or the way they treat their employees, just know what is important. What do you value? Also, what impact do you want to have? Whether it's on other people, a company, an industry, the world, (laughs) I always say, when you die, what do you want to be remembered for? So again, that's those are the kind of questions, you know, what are you good at? I always like this one is, if you could get a message across to a large group, who would those people be in that group and what would that message be? And you'd be surprised when you start asking these types of questions and people really think about it. Some of them are, are almost shocked at their answers that they come up with, because I'll usually tell them, don't think about it. Just, just whatever is the first thing comes in your mind. And then we, we can delve deeper from there. But this is the, really the, the best way to do it is to ask yourself these kind of questions, because if it's not important to you, if you're not passionate about it, then you're not going to be able to sell that to someone else. And again, the easiest way to do it, if you want to break it down, what value do you provide? What do you do uniquely? And who's your target audience? So once you answered all those other questions about your values and things, take all those things and break it down into those three questions. What value you provide? What makes you unique? And who your target audience is? And you'll be able to very easily come up with your personal brand.
1: Let's take it a step further into the value proposition. Why would we create that for ourselves as well?
0: If you don't know what value you bring to a potential uh, employer, how are you going to sell yourself to that employer? Because that's really what an interview is. It's you selling yourself to them and convincing them that you're the best person for this job. In order to do that, you need to create a value proposition or identify your value proposition. So we call it a personal value proposition, a PVP, and it's what makes you unique. And it tells the employer they should hire you instead of someone else. And it's really a promise of value that you can deliver. When you're coming up with your personal value proposition, you want to, again, identify your strengths and accomplishments. And that comes across with personality, skills, accomplishments, experience. Again, keep thinking unique. You know, I'll have some clients say, well, I'm, you know, I'm really good at negotiating contracts. Okay, well, there's probably 50 other people applying that are good at that. What makes you the best at it? And when you keep pushing and you keep asking these why and how questions, then it starts, well, I'm really good because i do my research and i network and know people in the industry and so then all of a sudden you find out that they just can't, they don't just negotiate but they have so much data that they can bring into that negotiation because of all these other skills they have also want to identify what the employers that you're targeting what are their needs so, you know, what problems do they need to be solved? What current and future challenges are they facing? What skills do they, are they needing now, five years from now? You can get a lot of this information just by Googling the companies. You can read their shareholder statements, especially like with technology companies and things like that. They will usually share during those shareholder meetings things they have in the pipeline. So, the more you can know about what that company has coming up, good or bad. So it may be that it's a company and their same store sales went down 5%. Okay, now you have something that you can focus to discuss your skills and accomplishments and what you can do for them to address that 5% loss. Or, and again, research, research. And then the other thing when you're when you're coming up with your value proposition is, identify what motivates you. What gets you out of bed in the morning? I don't know about you, um, money is important, but peace of mind and passion for the job I'm doing is more important. You need to, to know that before you're developing this, this personal value proposition. One of the nice things about taking the time to do this is if you craft your personal value proposition effectively, you can use it in so many different ways. You can use it in conversations. You can use it potentially for your LinkedIn profile heading. So many people just have their position or what they do. They're not selling what they bring to a potential employer. They're not putting their value proposition right up front. Your background picture, your photo, and your heading are the three things that recruiters see first when they look at your LinkedIn profile. So if you've got a bland headline, it's not motivating them to read further. If you have a dynamic value proposition statement in your headline, It's going to make them want to read further and learn more about you. So it's worth taking the time to do it because you can use it in so many different ways.
1: Why do some people struggle to get resumes looked at when they apply online? I hear that so much of people struggling out there, like they're just applying, they're applying and they get no response. Why do they struggle with that?
0: I just, first off, I want to dispel a misconception out there. There are some resume writers uh, less than reputable, that will tell a potential client, well, it's the ATS. If, if your resume is not ATS, if the ATS is going to kick it out. ATS does not kick it out. A human person is either setting criteria when they're setting out the ATS, meaning that they, they may set it, that You have to have a bachelor's degree or you have to have a certain skill. If that is not addressed in your resume, then yes, it may kick you out because you're not qualified, not because, you know, you didn't have enough keywords or or whatever. So again, just wanted to dispel that, that it's not the ATS system that is kicking somebody out it's what's built into the ATS what does come into play though is your resume has to be written with two two things in mind the ATS system and the human eye the ATS system is going to score your resume so that's why you want to make sure you have the appropriate keywords you want to make sure you're using those keywords in context. We say, don't keyword, don't, don't just throw in a skills section, all the keywords. You want to use those keywords in accomplishment statements or accomplishment bullets. Okay. You also want to make sure that your resume is accomplishment focused, not task focused. It used to be years ago. It was this, I did this, it was action items. Now, Everybody else has done those same actions. You need to be able to stand out. And the way you stand out is with quantifiable achievements whenever possible. If their resume is, they say, not getting looked at when they apply online. Yeah, it probably is getting looked at. It's just you are not presenting yourself as the forerunner. You're not selling your value proposition that makes you stand out above the other people. There are some people that will do things that will cause issues with the applicant tracking systems. So a lot of the older ones can't read PDFs. They'll read it as a picture. So they can't, they say like an ATS system takes your resume and it parses, P-A-R-S-E, the data into fields. If it's reading your resume, your PDF resume as a picture, it has no data to pull to parse. Some of the newer ones can. So unless it says, that you have to upload it as a PDF, always do it as a Word document, okay? Some people are creating their resumes in Canva or some of these other ones, which they look beautiful, but ATS is reading them as a picture. And again, can't parse the data. If you wanna have something really visual like that, create two versions. (laughs) You can still make the ATS compliant version colorful. You can add some color. You can do things like that, but have that for when you upload. And then if you want to have a more creative one that you built in Canva, then that's fine for when you're emailing it to somebody or giving it to somebody in person. Same thing with the graphics and things. I I see pictures, like some resumes, especially salespeople, graphs are they're so visually compelling. ATS can't read the graphs. That doesn't mean you can't use it, but you also need to make sure that the data that you have in that graph is included in a bullet. So, you know, maybe it's that you increase sales from 1 million to 27 million in five years. That's your bullet. Now you've got a chart that shows each yearly increment, the incremental increase. So you've got the visual impact for when somebody is a person is looking at it, but you also have the data that the ATS system can pull out. So again, that's the biggest thing. The other couple things are they don't customize the resume for each job. Some people will create a resume and they Submit the same resume for every job. You could be applying to marketing manager for 10 different companies. And if you look at the job postings for all 10 companies, the keywords are going to be slightly different. So if you're not customizing it for each of them, it's not going to score as well in the ATS system. And it's going to come across to the recruiter or whoever's reading it, that this was a generic resume. And that's going to put you right to the bottom of the pile. Again, they're not getting their their personal value proposition across in the top one-fourth to a third of the resume. Recruiters generally spend between six and eight seconds scanning to decide if they're going to continue reading your resume or it's going in the no pile. So that, I'd say, top quarter or third of your resume has to be eye catching it has to sell your value proposition it has to to pull that reader in to make them want to read more and then again just not networking if a recruiter gets 10 resumes and 5 of those people are following the company on on linkedin okay now they have a leg up of those 5 three have been connecting with this recruiter on LinkedIn, on the recruiter's posts that they do. Again, so now they've got another leg up. So you can't just apply for a job and expect to get it. It gets back to that networking and building the reputation and building the connection.
1: Yeah, I think that's really uh, insightful coming even from, say, working at a firm. They never hired people directly off of job boards. It was always who knew somebody. Exactly. Yeah. If some of those positions, if you really want them, you've got to uh, Mm -hmm. broaden your network. So.
0: Well, I have to, I actually just did a post today. It talked about networking and the value of networking. The last four jobs I had before I went, became a solopreneur. Three of those four, I didn't even apply for. People I had made connections with and maintained connections with over time reached out to me and then the last one i had applied for but somebody that i had been connected with and you know maintained that connection was connected to somebody in a higher up position at that company so again reached out they vouched for me if you want to call it that so pretty much the last four jobs i got prior to going to be a solopreneur we're all because of networking
1: so let me ask you this what is your truth that has gotten you this far in your journey in your business and uh, the success that you've had
0: i have a passion for helping people i've always had that even when i was in hr and i want to do it uh, effectively and i want to do it with passion It, it guides my interactions now even with my clients You have to go above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. Just doing the bare minimum does nobody any good. Just to give you an example, when I was in corporate, um, the one company I worked for, we had a lot of Asian employees in our warehouse. And one of them, their mother was coming to the United States to live, was ill, needed insurance. Well, obviously they couldn't go on our insurance. I worked with them and found insurance insurance that they could get, that their mother could be approved for. Another employee, he was hit by a car, riding a bike. His hospital bills were probably close to $200,000. The uh, medical insurance was saying they wouldn't pay because he had to put it against his car insurance. Well, he didn't have a car. <laughs> so he didn't have car insurance. So again, got all that resolved. He ended up with a bill for about $150. Again, it's just that... It's not a nine to five. They're people. And again, how I talked about, I don't just write the resume in the cover letter. I teach my clients how to customize it, how to maintain it. So they have the confidence going forward in what they're doing. So, and again, treat everybody with respect. And the last piece is giving back. I actually volunteer for two organizations, Hire Heroes USA. It's a wonderful organization that provides Career services to current service people, retiring vets, uh, as well as spouses. I volunteer my time. I provide resume services, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview coaching if needed. And then I also work with an organization called Giver Wings, which helps women coming out of abusive relationships. Because I just, I feel like my life hasn't been perfect, but I've been very lucky. And part of my way of saying thank you for that is is giving back. And I, I think if more people did that, they'd feel better about themselves as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's very powerful, especially because there's so many people that are out there going for just a sale or just a customer versus a client, you know, customer, they come once, maybe to their, maybe they go to Macy's and they buy one thing and then they're gone. Client is that relationship. So yeah, definitely. Well,
0: yeah, because I've actually had people I'll do it. uh, um, I call it a potential client call go through kind of where they're at, what they're looking for. And, and I've had a few clients where I've said to them, I'd love to take your money, but I don't think you're where you need to be for this to be effective. You need to really figure out what it is that you want to be doing, what industry you want to be doing. You really need to research. I had one woman who was getting back in and wanted the ability to work from home. So she wanted to become a virtual assistant. I said, do you know what's involved in that? Well, well, not really, but it should be easy. I said, no, first of all, what you need to be able to do depends on the industry that you're a virtual assistant in. And I sent her a bunch of links to different sites and and said to her, you know, I would love to work with you, but I can't in good conscience take your money until you are 100% sure of what you want to be doing. And do you have the skills for it or what do you have to do to get the skills to do it? Because I just want people to walk away from working with me and say, "Wow, she cares. She's good and she cares." So I have one client who said that I made him feel like a friend, not just a client.
1: That's so important. Him. Yeah, I agree, definitely. I, I want to ask you, as far as your dreams and your vision, your intention for the future, what's your hope for that as you go forward in in what you do now and for your for clients that you haven't met yet?
0: So for clients I haven't met yet, I want to be able to help them learn to believe in themselves and their abilities, identify their uniqueness, define that personal brand and identify that value proposition. Because again, it's not about just about writing a resume or a cover letter or a LinkedIn profile. It is all that's great, but if the person doesn't understand it or doesn't believe it or wasn't part of defining it, How are they going to sell that to a potential employer? So my hope with every client is that they come out of this better than when, when they came in.
1: So do you have some success stories that you can share with us?
0: I do, actually. I have one client who this is where it's like every time I tell it, I get chills i've actually known this young man for most of his life super smart no self-confidence had some issues with depression and anxiety he went to school was unable to finish because of financial reasons his father had started a sports t-shirt business i think the father probably sold 50 shirts in the first year this young man came into the business knew nothing about seo selling on Amazon, anything taught himself everything they went from 50 shirts and I think like a thousand dollars to two years later almost a half a million dollars. But again, still didn't have the self confidence. His parents would tell him, you know, that he was so good at what he did. And so I had a conversation with him. I had started asking him a lot of questions about what his accomplished and so how did you do that? How did you learn that? How did you, you know, and really pushed him to think about it created a resume. His comment when he read the resume was, damn, I didn't realize how good I was. <laughs> so, yeah, did, the, did the interview coaching, did all that, had a job interview, was offered the job two days later. He's been there, I think, two months now. He's already had two promotions. And he's now a manager already. So again, it was, and and in talking to his parents, it has trickled over to his whole life. He's more outgoing. He's involved in things. So again, that, again, I have chills. (laughs) That to me, being able to not only help somebody get a job, but impact their life. Another recent graduate who he had been out for a year, had only had two phone interviews. That was it. No offers, nothing. I did the resume, the cover letter, the LinkedIn profile, and extensive interview coaching. I think a month after we got done, he was offered a job with General Motors. It's these these ones, especially people that, that have a passion for something. I had an older gentleman who his dream was to work at Amazon. He's working for another company, has been for probably 25 years and English is not his first language, which definitely, I think, played into his lack of success on, uh, with the job, uh, interviewing and stuff. So he had applied probably three times to Amazon over the past couple of years. Nothing. We did the resume, the cover letter LinkedIn profile, interview coaching, some career coaching. He called me three weeks ago. So it was about two months after we got done, called me three weeks ago to tell me, he said, I had to tell my wife first, but you're my second call. I got a job at Amazon. So again, it's an operations manager. And I was the second person he called after his wife. So again, I, it just, it excites me. It, it, I don't know. I love making that different.
1: That's so. exciting. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be?
0: Don't try and do everything at once. I have shiny object syndrome. <laughs> so I start my business and I join groups and I, and then, you know, I go to these symposiums and, and I'm writing and I, all of a sudden I come out with 60 to-do items out of the symposium, but I have to do them all at once. And, you know, so I'm, you know, there were a couple of weeks there where I don't think I was sleeping at all. I would tell myself, do what you have to do to get the business up and running. Do what you have to do to start the networking and make the connections and then prioritize all those other things, break it down into the the needs and the must-haves versus the want to do, because otherwise you can really wear yourself out. And I don't ever want to lose the passion for what I'm doing. So sometimes I do have to remind myself to, okay, chill, (laughs) chill. Let's prioritize this and see what, what absolutely has to be done right now versus what can wait, you know, cause when your husband's coming in to your office at 10 o'clock at night saying, are you going to eat dinner? <laughs> you know, that, that you're, you're pushing it. So I think that, again, prioritize, breathe is the advice that I would give myself.
1: <laughs> That's really good. I definitely agree. I think uh, when I started out, I focused on making so many videos and mm-hmm. uh, at for at one point i was making a video a day you know i just did it because that's what i i everyone said to do mm-hmm. that when i finally decided that that was the last thing on my list to do if i it was a have if i have time thing to do and made that connecting with people the, the primary thing and making sure that that's the one thing everything changed yes you know and and i think that sometimes it's easy even in the digital marketing world, when everyone's like social media, social media, social media. Yes. It's, it's important for the long haul. Yes. But that's not what's going to uh, help you to be successful uh, when you're starting out.
0: Right. I mean, you, it is helpful in getting the name recognition, but if you, if you're trying to do too much, then the quality of that social media interaction is not going to be good. And then you're, you're, negatively impacting your personal brand. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that, that you are giving the time, the appropriate time and effort to anything that can impact your personal brand. Yeah. And if that means putting something off for a week so be it.
1: So if people want to uh, work with you, I want to mention some of your websites and your resume interview success.com. And of course, I will put all of these down below. What's the best way for people to contact you?
0: So if they're interested in discussing their needs and how I can help, the best way is for them to go on my website, www.resume interviewsuccesscom And there is a, a tab where they can book a free consultation. And it's generally 15 minutes to 30 minutes. They can do that. That is uh, tied into my calendar. So it's always up to date. And they can pick a date and time that works for them. I'm available Monday through Saturday, Monday through Thursday, generally till at least seven at night, Eastern time. That is probably the best way. Or they can drop me an email at uh, dbittler.com at resume-interviewsuccess.com. Don't forget to check out my, my LinkedIn page. I post every day. Mondays are career type advice. Tuesdays are college students and recent graduates. Wednesday, every Wednesday, I do a short interview question and answer video where each week I address a different potential interview question, how to answer it. Thursday is usually resume or interview tips. And then Friday is fun fact Friday. So again, uh, some of it's career related, some of it's not, but it's mainly just to give people a laugh or an aha moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of your wisdom. It's been wonderful.
0: Thank you so much, Amy. I'm so glad uh, to, to be that you had me on.
1: If you're listening and you want more information about A Call to Thrive, you can go to acalltothrive.com. Thank you, everyone, for listening and have a wonderful week.